श्री गोपाल भट्ट गोस्वामी आविर्भाव महोत्सुति की जय सो गोपाल भट्ट गोस्वामी चैतन्य महाप्रभु साउथ इंडिया महाप्रभु ट्रेवल्ड फॉर सिक्स इयर्स मदेलीलाट in south india and widely throughout the south he preached converting many many persons from many different persuasions and as mentioned in chaitanya charitamrita that he took bath along the banks of the kaveri in sirangam you know that our shrinivash has his missing the chaitanya math also known as gobindaji gardens along the banks of the kaveri in sirangapatnam different place but related and those of you who have visited there know the beauty of the kaveri kaveri river is one of the famous sacred rivers of india it's mentioned in bhagavatam that along the banks of the mahapunya greatly pious kaveri that many devotees will assemble that bhakti will be prominent So I take Sri Padmanabhan Maharaj's ashram to be an example of that, a fulfillment of that prophecy of Sriman Bhagavatam. Very pious land, very beautiful ashram that Maharaj has erected there. And I remember when I was there last, I could not think of a more pious feeling place that I had ever been in. Vrindavan, Navadvip, Puri, these holy dams are different. even outwardly they don't always appear to be as pious not everything grows and the weather isn't always temperate and the water is not always clean but in mars's ashram along the banks of the kaveri practically the growing season is all year round the water is so clean and the climate temperate all year round it's such a rich pious place I can imagine what it was like 500 years ago in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Bay there along the banks of the Kaveri, Chirangam, further south, which is the principal seat of the Sri Vaishnav community. It's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Sri Vaishnav Ek Venkata Bhattanam. He met one Sri Vaishnav of the name Venkata Bhatta. And this Venkata Bhatta, of course, was the father of Gopal Bhatta Goswami and the brother of the famous Prabodhananda Saraswati who actually became the initiating guru of Gopal Bhatta Goswami so Mahaprabhu met Venkata Bhatta there and he stayed at his house he was greeted very warmly i was asked on the sangha by someone how should a gauri vaishnav view the deities of lakshmi narayan and the holy places in south india sirangam sirangapatnam melkuti all these places and so the different ways to answer of course but one thing is that chaitanya mahaprabhu visited many of these places that bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur had a program that he started sending his men south along the path tread by chaitanya mahaprabhu as it is recorded in chaitanya charitamrita madhilila and installing 
footprints, like a mold, is represented the footprints of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in all of these holy places. So there would be a worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's feet there and his trail would be marked. And he started this kind of program. As I understand, it was not completed. Shri once suggested that we take that up and complete that, which would be a wonderful thing to do. And it would be very helpful for the devotees to be involved in such and to come to appreciate the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu traveling and preaching, because his traveling and preaching through the South and other parts instructs us that this is the way to enter into the heart of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And this was so much taught by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, our Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, all of the followers of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and especially our Prabhupada, in such a big way, emphasized the preaching. And so it has its place, and an important place in our development, in our purification. Mahabhava went south, he was greeted by Venkatabhata, and Venkatabhata encouraged him to stay there because his arrival coincided with the Chatumas. So Chatumas is the four months of the rainy season. So Mahaprabhu acquiesced and happily stayed and was cared for by Venkatabhata. And during that time he was invited by so many Brahmins. Actually Venkatabhata was a very prominent person in the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya. Some say that he was the head priest and the deity worship in Sri Rangam. Not just anybody can do that. Even kings would come and offer respect to the head priest of Srirangam. So he had a very prominent position there. And as we see in the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, he met with so many prominent people, prominent Mayavadi Sannyasi, prominent scholar of literature and language, that Keshav Kashmiri, prominent logician in Sarabhama Bhattacharya, and so on, and similarly in the south, very prominent member of the Shri Sampradaya, Venkatapatta. There, Mahaprabhu described he performed kirtan and danced regularly in a band, and thousands of people would come to see him and go away chanting Krishna Nam. It's mentioned that while he stayed there during those four months, he met one Brahmana who daily recited Bhagavad Gita before the deity. And although he recited daily Bhagavad Gita, his pronunciation was not always correct. He had been instructed by his guru to read Bhagavad Gita 18 chapters every day. So he used to do that. But the local people, they made fun of him, vilified him, criticized him. You know, in South India, even if you go today, there's quite a bit of culture, and you can get into very interesting discussions with very educated people who know the scripture. In my experience, it's more common than in North India. And so the people high rate of literacy, and even today in some of these states, I think there's a higher rate of literacy than in the North. But at that time, to see someone chanting the Bhagavad Gita, not pronouncing properly, he became the butt of jokes of many people. But while they were criticizing his pronunciation, it was something they overlooked. In Mahaprabhu, he saw that. Pulakashru Kampa Yavat Patan Deki Anandita Krila Mahaprabhurman. Deki Anandita. With great bliss, Mahaprabhu, he saw the decorations, the ornaments of that devotee. Kampashrupulakadaya. 
He saw tears and understood he's not crying because he can't read the Bhagavad Gita and because people are criticizing him. He's oblivious to what the common people are thinking. He saw all kinds of ecstatic symptoms manifest in the body of this devotee reading Bhagavad Gita. So don't neglect Bhagavad Gita. Some people say, even some Buddhists, they say, oh, what do we care about Bhagavad Gita? We should not spend any time with that. But Mahaprabhu also said, Shrotam api upanishadam dure harikata meta. He said that the aphorisms of the Upanishads, dure harikata, they're very far away from harikata, what you can derive from hearing directly about Krishna. And what is that? He said, kampashrupulakade, all these things. All these transformations of ecstasy, sattvika bhava, sattvika vikar, a transformation, vikar, of shudashatva, the ingress of shudashatva, bringing about these kind of transformations. This is our objective. We want to change. And ultimately we want this kind of change, this kind of transformation. So while Mahaprabhu said, this does not come about simply by chanting, Aham Brahmasmi, Tattvamasi, at least we should edit Mahaprabhu's comment slightly, not if one is thinking Tattvamasi in the way in which the Mayavadis like to think, Soham Gopala. There is a Vaishnava way, of course, to think about all of these things. We know that Mahaprabhu received Tattvamasi as a sannyas mantra, but before receiving it, he explained it to his own guru, sannyas guru, Keshul Bharati, and asked, is this the mantra and is this the meaning? Having enlightened him then in the Vaishnava meaning, Tattvamasi, thou art thine, or you are his. It can also be rendered like this in a devotional way. Jiva Goswami has also explained that Tattvamasi Kaivalyam as love, the unity of the second and third person, you and him, the unity of these two. This is love. You and he become we, a dynamic union. So we don't shy away from these aphorisms and we can render them in a Vaishnava way, but generally they speak about the lowest common denominator in spirituality, about oneness, about what we all have in common, not about the difference that is within that unity. So while the Upanishads, Mahaprabhu says, Duri Harikatamita, they are far away from where you can reach with Harikata, Gita Upanishad, Bhagavad Gita is sometimes called Gita Upanishad. This is a very special type of Upanishad. It is Upanishad because it is directly spoken by the Lord and it is directly spoken by Krishna, Lord of Lords, God of Gods. And anyone who understands Bhagavad Gita, he can be the best preacher in the world. Such a complete, comprehensive book. And if you can understand the meaning of Bhagavad Gita, like this South Indian Brahman did, Mahaprabhu saw these things when he was reading that, Mahaprabhu saw all these things in him, all these ornaments. And Mahaprabhu was attracted to him. It gave him ananda to see that. This is the kind of offering we want to make to Krishna. Not just items, material things. We want to offer ourself. And ultimately we want to offer an ornamented self.
decorated with all these symptoms of bhav and prem that will capture his attention. So he saw that Brahman. While others mistreated him, he went, embraced him, asked him, what are you about? What is your experience in Bhagavad Gita? So Bhagavad Gita can give us deep experience. Mahaprabhu asked him what was his experience. He said, actually, I'm illiterate. I don't know if I pronounced the words correctly or not, and I don't know the meaning. But when I hold Bhagavad Gita, what comes to my mind, what I envision is Arjuna Rathe. Arjuna on the rat of chariot and Krishna holding the reins. He saw Krishna, that means taking the role of the subordinate of his devotee, like rickshawala, chariot driver for Arjuna. And he envisioned him instructing Arjuna from this position. And when he did, then he would cry and all these symptoms would come. And Mahaprabhu, as I say, he embraced him and said, you have adhikar for understanding Bhagavad Gita. Krishna Kaviraj Goswami says, then he instructed him further. He revealed to him that he was Krishna. Then he instructed him further and told him to keep it quiet. So he came to know the truth about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by study of Bhagavad Gita. And Mahaprabhu instructed him further and instructed him, don't tell these further instructions about my special position and the secrets of Gaudiya Vaishnavism just to anybody. So there is some preaching for the common people. And if we preach to the common people from Bhagavad Gita, we are also common people. <laughs> that will be good for us. We will hear that. When we hear that coming from our own mouth, maybe we'll once finally pay attention. Paying attention to that, all the secrets of Bhagavad Gita, we put ourselves in a position to hear confidential instructions, to understand really, not theoretically, but in truth, what is the nature of Mahaprabhu's descent. So Mahaprabhu, in this way, embraced him. He became a great devotee of Mahaprabhu, and every day he would come and visit Mahaprabhu while he stayed at Sri Rangam. Then Mahaprabhu, over the course of this time, developed a very friendly relationship with Venkata. They would joke with one another. He had very intimate, friendly dealings with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, joking and kind of in our language, horsing around, they would do. And one day, in a playful mood, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to him, and I see that you are a worshipper of Lakshmi Narayan, and you do very nicely. I have a question about that. Lakshmi is said to be very, very chaste, the most chaste wife of Narayan. But according to the scriptures, she had a desire to leave Narayan and take the company of Krishna in Rasalila. So, what can you say about her chastity? This made Venkata very grave. <laughs> Although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was joking, Venkata became very grave, talking about his goddess. The bhav for worshipping Lakshmi Narayan is very reverential. When I went once to Sripadmashingamar's ashram, he took me to Melkoti, and there is one Sri Vaishnav gentleman there who has a Sanskrit institute. Very learned, very nice, and very accommodating, likes all the devotees and has some feeling for his deity. And we were sitting, myself, Nishingamarsh, several of the sannyasis, and speaking with him, and Nishingamarsh mentioned 
Oh, you are very jolly. Whenever we are talking about Krishna, you are very happy. But as soon as I mention the name of Narayana, you fold your hands like this. Om Narayana, your whole composure changes. The Maharaj was like pointing out to us the bhav of this gentleman and it was very instructive. And he said, that is another thing. He didn't want to talk any further. It was very nice to see his sentiment, devotion. Narayana, that is another thing. So they have a different bhav. So you can imagine when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was joking and slapping him on the back and casually brings up this topic. He became very grave. He said, what are you talking? Lakshmi is the most chaste lady in the universe. She is our deity, and there's nothing wrong in her behavior. Are you implying something wrong with Lakshmi? So he he said, As according to the Siddhanta, the conclusions of the scripture, there's no bed. There's no difference. There's no difference between Krishna and the consort of Lakshmi. Now there's a second half to that verse also. In Chaitanya Charitamrita he quotes that verse. It's actually found in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu. Whether its origin is Rupa Goswami, it would appear not from Chaitanya Charitamrita that it was known in the South. But it is cited by Rupa Goswami to bring out the fact that according to Tattva, Siddhanta means Tattva, According to Tattva, there is no difference between Krishna and Narayana. According to Tattva, there's no difference between anybody and anything, in one sense. Bhagavatam says what? Vadanti Tattva Vidas Tattva Nyadgyanam Advayam. The nature of reality is Advaigyan Tattva. Non-dual consciousness. Existence is non-dual consciousness. Reality is non-dual consciousness. <laughs> so we can go pretty low on the scale with this idea, <laughs> spiritual scale. Of course, Bhagavatam says, Brahmiti Paramatmiti Bhagavani Tishabdite. Nonetheless, that non-dual consciousness has divisions within it, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. So according to Tattva, certainly Krishna and Narayana, they're one. They're both the God. Mahaprabhu appreciated the tattva. He said, yes, this is correct. I appreciate this. But I have another question then. What is that? He said, well, why is it that Lakshmi, although she wanted to enter the rasa, she could not? This is mentioned in the Puranas. This is mentioned in Bhagavatam. The Nagapatnis speak about this. What was the occasion? Krishna is doing a kind of rasa dance Rasakrita, dancing pastime on the heads of Kaliya, Nag. And Nagapatnis are looking and thinking, how fortunate is their husband? That dance was very special. Actually, sometimes this is described like this, like a Rasa dance. He's doing a Rasa dance on the heads of Kaliya. Why will it be described like that? Actually, we hear it's Kaliya Dhamma. He's chastising Kaliya. So what is the meaning of that Kaliya Dhamma? <laughs> The whole Braj Lila is moving around Krishna's amorous love, directly and indirectly. At that time along the banks of the Jamuna, all the inhabitants of Vrindavan came. Krishna had gone out that day without Baldev. And it was known to Jashodamayi that that spot in the Jamuna 
is polluted by that Kaliya. And every day she told Baldev, when you go out with Krishna, don't let him go to that part of the Jumuna. Baldev's position as elder brother was always to protect Krishna. And Mother Yashoda stressed this over and over again to him. But on that particular day, Balaram had stayed back on the occasion of his birthday. And Krishna took off without him and without any supervision. Boys will be boys. <laughs> and the naughtiness of Krishna took over. And off they ran, Krishna and his friends and the cows, straight to that spot. <laughs> and there was Kaliya, and the boys ran ahead, and the cows drank the water, and they died. The boys saw the cows die, and they died, practically. And seeing this, Krishna became enraged with Kaliya, climbed a Kadamba tree, tightened his belt, good dresser that he is, meticulous dresser, he jumped into the lake with a big splash, and up came Kaliya and so forth. Wrestled with him, danced on his heads, and meanwhile all kinds of auspicious, well before the dancing he was wrapped in his coils, so all kinds of inauspicious omens came throughout the land. <laughs> and at home, all the inhabitants became concerned, worried. Balram could understand the situation. So he said, come with me, don't worry. And leaving the birthday ceremonies, he took them to the Jumunan. And there they saw Krishna in the coils of Kaliya, and practically they died. But Baldev, understanding the situation, said, don't worry, everything will be right. He was able to somehow slightly pacify them, and then, sure enough, Krishna began his dancing. Yes, he's chastising Kaliya, but also all those young gopis standing along the banks of the Jumuna are getting a glimpse, and he's dancing for their pleasure. He could have killed him in any way. <laughs> But he killed him with his dancing and showed what a good dancer he was, giving them a preview of the Rasalila. This is a very special occasion for them. So Nagapatnis, they prayed like this. It's like he's doing a Rasa dance, a special love dance on the heads of Kaliya. And how fortunate our husband is. Lakshmi wanted this, to have this opportunity, but she could not. Bhagavatam Wax is a little philosophical there. Lakshmi wanted to do, but she could not. There it is mentioned. And other places also in Bhagavatam it is mentioned. So he said she wanted to enter the dance, but she couldn't. And secondly, this Shuti, those Upanishads, they wanted to enter and they could. Why could they and she could not? He said, I can't understand your question. Anyone who asked this kind of question... Only he could know the answer, he said. You are Bhagavan himself. You are Krishna himself. You can tell me. And Mahaprabhu, of course, explained to him, only by Raghunuga Bhakti, not by Vaidhi Bhakti, can you enter this Rasalila. Lakshmi could not enter, because what did she do? Described she performed penances and austerities in order to enter the Rasalila. So this will not get you there. You know that Brahman who wanted to enter Mahaprabhu's Kirtan and Sangam. He said, I only drink milk, therefore I should be allowed to enter. Well, I only drink kefir, and I don't think I should be allowed to enter <laughs> on that basis. Anyway, he was thinking like this. Material purity, that's a pure thing, to drink only milk as your only diet. But Mahaprabhu said, it's not possible you can enter my kirtan just by drinking milk. 
Lakshmi performed austerities. This is not the way to enter. By tapa. You have to change your body. She was unwilling to change her body. She wanted to enter with her body, and body means ego, her spiritual ego that her form corresponds with, of Lakshmi. And it's a big thing for Lakshmi, of course, to perform penances and austerities, because Lakshmi is Lakshmi, goddess of fortune. What kind of lifestyle she leads as the wife of Narayan. She has uh, everything at her disposal, servants, and even although it's unknown to the inhabitants of Vaikuntha, she even sometimes gets a little the upper hand of him. In fact, those Kumaras, they tried to enter the gates of Vaikuntha, and they weren't allowed to enter by Jai and Vijay, and the whole thing caused some disturbance to Lakshmi. She complained, and on that basis, Narayan went out and said, all right, what's going on out here? But, of course, that's private, very private. If the inhabitants of Vaikuntha would see that, then their faith in Narayan would be shattered. <laughs> He's the god, and Lakshmi, the best obedient servant and goddess. At any rate, she wanted to enter with this ego, and she could not enter. She had to change her body. So what to speak how we have to change our body. She was unwilling to change, to trade in her <laughs> spiritual body to get a gopi deha. And what kind of body she had. Satchitananda. And we are unwilling to trade in our body and it is just kapapita vayu. We are unwilling to let go of it for a moment. And we want to talk about entering into Krishna Lila, Rasa Lila. But you have to let go. You have to pass through this. And as the heart becomes cleansed, then possible to understand about these things in truth and take up practices which will actually afford one entrance. So it was instructive to us that Lakshmi could not enter. Mahabubu instructed Venkatabhata like this. And then after he revealed the fact, he told him that, oh, anyway, don't be disturbed. Now you've understood the supreme position of Krishna over Narayana. And at the same time, Narayana and Krishna, you quoted this verse, this is very nice, he said, and it's true. There's no difference between Krishna and Narayana, according to Tattva. But as the second half says, from Rasavichar, when we analyze from this point, everything becomes turned upside down. The non-dual becomes full of variety. And that disposition of impartiality that comes with knowledge and non-dual consciousness Again, it becomes turned upside down. So much partiality. Partiality towards Ram. Partiality towards Krishna. Dwarakesh Krishna, Maturesh Krishna, Vrindavan Krishna. This partiality of the spiritual nature that arises out of non-dual consciousness. That's what fuels the spiritual world, makes it go around. So when we analyze from the point of view of Rasavichar, this kind of deliberation, Rasavichar, then there's a difference between Krishna and Narayana. Krishna has qualities that Narayan does not have when we look from this angle. Venu, Madhurdya, Rupa Madhurdya, Prema Madhurdya, Lila Madhurdya, these four qualities even Narayan does not have. So anyway, Venkatabhata learned this and he became devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He came from this position of worship of Lakshmi Narayan to worship of Radha and Krishna. How developed was his love for Lakshmi Narayan 
enough to very much attract and please Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, very strong. Sometimes we say that Mahaprabhu's greatest feat, Pashupaki Jude, Pashanavidare, Lochanda says he got the Pashu, the animals, to chant and dance. But it may be more difficult to get someone who has real love for Lakshmi Narayan, well-reasoned and through sincere bhajan. It's easy to reason compared to do bhajan. But well-reasoned, that will help to give an impetus for bhajan. And real bhajan gave a real feeling for Lakshmi Narayan. To change that feeling, that is very difficult. It's possible. Generally, never happens. But it's possible. Bhaktivedanta has said in Tattva Vivek, I believe, he mentions Krishna can do anything. It means even if one has developed fully love in a particular sentiment, bhav, stai bhav, Krishna can change it. Mahaprabhu could change it if he wanted to. Whether they had developed that far, we cannot say, but some people say. It was a great feat anyway of Mahaprabhu's preaching. And Gopal Bhatta and Prabodhananda Saraswati, the son and brother of Venkatapatta, they got the overflow of that. Imagine, they witnessed this in their house for four months. So Gopal Bhatta Vasami wanted to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was a young lad, maybe 16 years old at that time. Mahaprabhu told him, you stay with your parents. And actually, Venkatapatta wanted to go with Mahaprabhu also. Mahaprabhu said, no, you stay. And told Gopal Bhatta Vasami, you stay here. And you take care of your parents. And time will come, and you can come to Vrindavan and join Rupa Sanatana. So, time came, and also he told him, sometime along the way, Mahaprabhu instructed Gopal Goswami to go to the Gandaki and bring some Shaligram. This story is told in different ways, but basically he had order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to bring some Shaligram. So, that has got it away in the Himalayas up on the border of Tibet. I don't think you can hardly go there these days. And he went on foot all the way there. He had already perhaps gone to Vrindavan, and then from Vrindavan he went. Bring Shaligram. So there's some significance to this. Shaligram is, of course, a Vidhi Marg deity. Govardhan is Ragmarg deity. So Gopal Bhattagasami, he had a particular role in the Sampradaya. He gave the Guru Vaishnava Smriti, all the rules and regulations for the Sampradaya. Anyway, he went. The story goes, he went. He put his loaded in the water. And so many Shalagrams came. He thought, this is too many. He poured them out. Again, he put the load them. Again, they all came. Poured them out again. He realized that finally I should take them with me. All of them. So he brought them. And on the way, he initiated three Gaur Brahmanas. Brought them with him to Vrindavan. And began the worship of the Shalagrams. And in the course of worshipping the Shalagrams and getting the Siksha of Rup Sanatan, he assisted them in compiling literatures. They said that Sanatan Goswami was the author of the Hari Bhakti Vilas and it was edited by Gopal Bhatta Goswami. Sometimes it's said the other way around. Jiva Goswami gives a high position to Gopal Bhatta Goswami also. He says, one Bhatta from south compiled many notes from various places in the scripture, and those notes I'm taking together and editing them and putting them in order, giving them an order, a structure to them. And that is Satsandarbha. The beginning of each Sandarbha, he says the same verse. It is a glorification of Gopal Bhattu Goswami. So, 
actually these Gosamis, you can understand that together they were writing these books, getting together and collecting materials and one's name would go on one, one another, but one maybe had more prominent role than the other, but they were all assisting one another. And Hari Bhakti Vilas, Satkar Deepika, Vaishnav Smriti, the Vaishnav Smriti, Gaudi Vaishnav Smriti Acharya. The climate at the time in Vrindavan, of course, was such that it was an orthodox Brahminical climate, and Rupsanathan didn't quite fit into that. And Jiva Goswami, by implication of being the nephews of Rup and Sanatan, also did not fit into that. They had been ostracized from the Brahminical community. So this orthodox Brahmin community, they had kind of a monopoly on spirituality in many respects. So this Vaishnav Smriti, compiled by Gopal Bhatta Goswami, Hari Bhakti Vilas, Satkar Deepika, these books, they gave so many rules and regulations for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Practically it's impossible to follow. And to some extent it is a time and place, circumstance, literature, at that time, they were establishing the Sampradaya, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's direction, these Goswamis, giving a form to it. As I've said before, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was like a great waterfall of ecstasy, of bhav, love of God, difficult to understand and approach. And the Goswamis, they made a lake out of the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through their literature by which it became approachable. You could approach it, taste it, bathe in it, understand something about it. It was the first stage, so to speak, of institutionalizing Gaudiya Vaishnavism through literature, demonstrating from the scripture what is the bhav, what is this person about, and how that person is the essence of all the shastra. So they were establishing the sampradaya in so many ways. And so Gopal Bhatta Goswami had a big role in that, in establishing the behavior. And when you preach, then you cannot say everything to everybody. Sometimes you realize you can only go so far. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers, these Goswamis, they were very astute, Rupsanatan politically astute, and educated persons in scripture and kavya, the poetry and literature. Gopal Bhatta Goswami from the south, high family lineage that no one could question. From Sri Sampradaya, an established Vaishnav lineage. Mahaprabhu brought him in. Of course, these are external reasons. They are all manjaris. Gopalpata Goswami, some places he's described as guna manjari, some places he's described as anangla manjari in Krishna Leela. Different persons have different angles of vision. But they are all there for internal reasons and for external reasons. External reasons for the sake of preaching. They were the perfect persons. So that kind of writing of Gopalpata Goswami, of the Vaishnav Smriti, that's dealing with the climate of the time. So it's a concession. Well, we have rules too. <laughs> because people think, if you don't have all these rules, oh, so hum, hum, mantra for bathing, mantra for brushing your teeth, mantra for cleaning your eyes, mantra for passing stool, everything. Every move you make and a ritual. And If you don't have this, then you must not be spiritual. This was their idea. Gaudiya Vaishnavism is so different from that. You may have no, nothing external but a heart full of love of Krishna. And Vaishnavera who will understand you? It's very difficult to understand the movements, the activities of a real Vaishnava. But these real Vaishnavas were kind enough to give all these rules so that some people would think, oh, there's also something to them. And the common people would then pay attention. This is a preaching play to some extent. 
and find out what is really Vaishnavism. That doesn't mean to say we can just throw out the rules of Adi Bhakti Bilas, but we have to understand them from our Gurudev, how they apply to us according to time and circumstance, to what extent. So this was a primary role, a principal role of Gopal Bhatta Goswami, and of course his worship of those Shalagrams is a wonderful story in itself, culminating in the appearance of Radha Ramanji. He worshipped the Shilas very nicely and used to hang them from a basket from a tree. It means he worshipped them very nicely, means with love, with affection. And it is said that, of course, that Krishna appears according to the devotee's heart, the devotee's bhav, as is mentioned in the third canto of Bhagavatam. According to the heart of the devotee, Krishna makes his appearance. This is what makes the whole Leela go around, the love of his devotees. So, Gopal Bhattu Goswami and Buddha Jayanti, the appearance day of Buddha, he was reading from seventh canto of Bhagavatam, the story of Prahlad. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he emphasized this kind of Leela, Prahlad, Guru Maharaj, lower still. Prahlad marks the beginning of Shuddha Bhakti. So they would go, his men would go and preach this Prahlad, Nashinga, Leela. Nashinga Dev is that horrifying form of God that is scare your anarthas away. <laughs> you take the intestines of Ranikasipu and wrap them around his neck as a garland. So Prahlad marks the beginning of Shuddha Bhakti, pure devotion. He was tested by Nishringadev himself. Take something. Don't you want something? Don't you want something? He refused, he refused, he refused with the insistence of Nishringadev. He said, all right, give my father Bhakti. I will take that from you, but nothing for myself. So we have to come to this platform. Nothing for myself. Prahlad, as I say, according to the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, which is describing the meaning of Srimad Bhagavatam, Prahlad marks the beginning of Shuddha Bhakti, pure devotion. We have to come to pure devotion. Then we can go higher and higher and higher and higher. You can't jump over that position. So Bhakti Sanatrasri Thakur's men, they would preach. Prabhupada put a big picture. I remember in Los Angeles temple where I used to stay. Huge picture of Nishringadev on the wall. So he has his place <laughs> in the Gaudiya Vaishnava. That's a whole other story. But they used to preach like this. And Gosamis, they didn't neglect those leelas. So Gopal Goswami was reading and thinking, how fortunate is Prahlad? He's a manjari. But he's thinking, how fortunate is Prahlad? Krishna personally appeared before him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu promised that he would again appear before me and told me to get these shalagrams that he has not come. He sent his asan, he sent his dhoti, cloth, to Gopal Goswami. Those are kept still at the Radharaman temple. They had a special position. Actually, Gopal Bhatta Goswami was the guru of the Goswamis. He was the one whom Rupa Sanatana Goswami sent disciples to. He had a special guru shakti for initiating. Of course, externally he was the fit person to do the initiating. Not that Rupa Sanatana were not qualified to initiate a Jiva Goswami. Actually, Jiva Goswami was initiated by Rupa Goswami, but otherwise they didn't initiate. They were Siksha gurus. But that was also some concession for the climate of the times, as I say. People might not have accepted. Later, the second generation, they broke that down further. Narutam, Srinivas, Shamananda Prabhus. But the Gopal Bhattu Goswami was perfect Brahmin family, lineage, and so forth. 
There may be different reasons, but he had special Guru Shakti. So he was giving initiations. But here he is, he's a Manjari, and he's thinking, how glorious is Prahlad. That fellow asked me, how should we think if we go to the Vaishnav temples in the south? We should think like this. How glorious are the devotees of Vaikuntha? You know, Bhaktivedanta Damodar Maharaj, we were in South India, I sent him to go to the gathering of one of the Madhva charges was coming. He said, what shall I do when I go there? Some devotees were going from the Srinivasamath, and I sent Damodar Maharaj also. And I said, you be very humble. And uh, that's all. Think that you're in the presence of a person from Vaikuntha, a parshad of Narayana. So he went there, and he's a big man, and stands out in South India, black and big. And he went to the assembly, and the charger was there, and right out of Vaikuntha, and the Maharaj just went up and just laid down Dandavats, full out with his dunda held up, full dandavat before this acharya. He turned to him. Everybody's trying to get this acharya's attention. Marsh did it not in a way to get attention, but actually he's following his Guru Marsh's instruction to be very humble and think that you're in the presence of a parshat of Narayana, personal associate of Narayana himself, just stepped out of Vaikuntha. So Maharaj went and paid his basis. Like everybody looked at him, that Maharaj, who everyone was trying to get the attention of, he turned and looked at Dhamma Maharaj. Who are you? When he told me the story, I was so happy. The Gaudiya Vaishnav got all the attention in that Sangha. In other words, it was a kind of a preaching outing. We sent our men to be represented there, that the Gaudiya group would have some auxiliary kind of benefit of being there and being accepted by the Maharaj, whom everybody was so, who they were initiates of and so forth. I mean, we had been invited, but Maharaj... Our Gaudiya Vaishnav Sanyasi stole the show how simply by paying Dandavats. We are Gaudiya Vaishnavs and we have a prospect of reaching such a high position that Vaikuntha looks very insignificant in comparison to. Of course, we should know the Goloka is called Maha Vaikuntha. So, whatever is in Vaikuntha is there also. We'll have to get all of those things. We have to become very humble have some reverence for God and pass through that to go to Goloka. So Mara showed reverence to the Acharya. He got all attention. How nice are these Gaudiya Vaishnavas? Gurudev, the Acharya, is paying special attention to him, asking his name, doesn't even talk to anybody. <laughs> Just quotes shlokas. Hey, what is your name? Where are you from? Ah, you're a Gaudiya Vaishnav. Like Gopakumar and Vaikuntha, one of the special associates of Narayan calls him aside. Nard is there. You should go to Goloka. From here, you're very nice. Very nice. <laughs> this is the way of the preaching of Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Not we think, I am a Gaudiya Vaishnav. We are superior to even Vaikuntha people. Let us go. <laughs> no. But more humble than a blade of grass, Mahaprabhu taught. We should go like this. So, Gopal Bhatta Goswami was studying the Leela of Prahlad and driving feeling from that. What is the glory of Prahlad? And Krishna was the deity of Prahlad. All the principal persons, speakers and questioners of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Ishtadevata is Krishna. When we study, you see. Shukadev, Parikshit, Shonaka, Narada, Yudhisthira, Prahlad. If you study carefully, the Ishtadevata, the deity, personal deity was Krishna. He had personal deity of Krishna, and Krishna appeared like this, in this form. 
Like this is one of the forms of Krishna. We shall think like this when we see the different gods. Vishnu Tattva, this is my Lord Krishna appearing in this way. We shall think, oh, Lord Nishingadev, by your grace, Sridhar Swami has understood Srimad Bhagavatam. Please be merciful to me and reveal the import of Srimad Bhagavatam that I may know Krishna as he is. That famous commentary that Mahaprabhu accepted. So, Gaudiya Vaishnava respect all the gods highly, and all the gods respect them. Yasyasti bhaktir bhagavati akinchana sarver gunaistatva samasate suru harova bhakta sukto madguna manorate nasi dhavato bhagi. This is Prahlad's verse. Even all the gods are worshipping the devotees, the pure devotee of Krishna. So Gopal Goswami, thinking of the glory of Prahlad, he went to bed that night thinking, what is his fortune? Why can I be so fortunate as Prahlad? Mahaprabhu said he would come again to see me, but he has never shown himself again. I'm not getting the darshan, personal darshan of Krishna. When he woke from his dream of trance in ecstasy of spiritual lamentation, he saw the lid of the box hanging from the tree that the shalagrams were in was pressed up. He thought, oh, a snake must have got in there or something. He went with a stick and opened it. Hardly was it the case, but one shalagram had expanded to about 11 inches. Radharamanji had appeared. So from the shalagram, the deity of Radharaman manifested, and it's considered because of the prophecy of Mahaprabhu to Gopabhata Goswami that he would again come, that this was his appearance. And therefore, Radharamanji is worshipped as Radha and Krishna combined, which is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahiyanya Rupanuga Janira Jivan. So we offer our respects to Gopabhata Goswami. So, a great contribution he has given to the Sampradaya in his literature, the standard of his worship, of Shalagram, the standard of his vidhi, <laughs> bringing to Rag. And in that temple today, of course, is still in Vrindavan, is still very nicely taken care of by the householder, descendant, disciples of Gopalabhata Goswami. Dandavat Pranam to Gopalabhata Goswami, all the six Goswamis, the Avibhav Mamut Titi Gopal Bhattavasami. I'd like to stop there. Sri Bhakti Bhadanta Sami Prabhupad Ki Jai. Bhakti Rakshir Sridhar Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Bhakti Samsasri Thakur Prabhupad Ki Jai. Kaur Bhakti Bhadanta Sami Prabhupad Ki Jai.